Yes, 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 that's what's podcast, Buddha. Yes, welcome to Ball Sports Podcast. It's a podcast with balls about balls, and we are your hosts. I'm Buddha. Niggas <laughs> dialing. And oh yeah, it's Willie. <laughs> and it's now like a big fact and full of facts. Yeah, yeah. I like the little Buddha thing. I like that. Buddha! It makes it sound like it sounds like a WrestleMania promo. Oh, here we are again, episode 196. All of us are (laughs) in the building. How how art thou, gentlemen? How are thee on this finest of occasions? My lord, my lord, how are you, my lord? <laughs> my dream, my lord. <laughs> you know the vibes. Thou hey, know with the vibes. Beep check. Beepers, baby. Beepers. Um, so this weekend, we got a, a busy weekend in the fight world. It is uh, UFC 264, the much-anticipated third contest between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor um, headlining it. I just want to go through the the main card real quick for you guys. So we got Sean O'Malley, Sugar Sean O'Malley, versus now Chris uh, Mutenho. He just stepped in a week ago. Uh, Chris Mouton, Mouton Ho, never heard of him before, but oh, okay, Sugar Sean O'Malley, he's that white boy with the crazy colored hair who'd be knocking people out his little walk off knockouts. Yeah, that boy, nasty. So, <laughs> the guy who he was scheduled to fight dropped out due to an undisclosed injury, right? I think he just didn't want that work. Not gonna lie to you, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you because this fight. Was because Sean Sean O'Malley's not ranked yet, so this this was supposed to be the fight that gets him ranked, and I don't think other buddy oh. wanted to sacrifice himself in the rankings for that. So I get it. You don't want to be the first um, notch on the belt, especially if especially if I'm trying to get ranked too, bro. Like, nah, I can't let you get this off, bro. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so, yeah. so Sean O'Malley, <laughs> I imagine, is probably going to be a pretty easy uh, knockout. Um, then we have uh, Irene Aldana versus Yana Kuniskaya for the women's bantamweight division. Not too familiar with either of these, so we don't have to get into it. Uh, someone we are familiar with, though. <laughs> someone, someone we are familiar with in the heavyweight division. Uh, Tai Tuvasa versus Greg Hardy. Uh, this is Greg Hardy's first appearance on a uh, UFC pay-per-view main card. Greg Hardy, the football player? 
Yes. yes. And he and he be knocking niggas out. Yeah. <laughs> he's fighting a very tough Samoan though, who'll be doing the same thing. Well, actually he's Australian. He's not Samoan, but you know, they're all kind of similar uh backgrounds. Um but yeah, so we'll see how Greg Hardy does because he's gonna be under under the big lights this time around. Um and then the it's not even the co-main event. It's a match before the main event. Uh, for the welterweight division, Gilbert Burns versus Stephen uh, Wonderboy Thompson. Um, this is Gilbert Burns' first fight since losing in his uh, attempt to get Kamaru Usman's title. Um, so he's looking to kind of redeem that loss. And, you know, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, this is an opportunity for him to get a potential title shot in the future, considering he hasn't fought for a title since Tyron Woodley had the belt. Um, so it's, it's an important fight for, for both of these guys. Indeed. That sounds like an important fight. I mean, which fight are you looking forward to watching outside of the obvious? <laughs> uh, this one, this would be the one outside of the main event. This is, I'm definitely looking forward to this fight. I love the welterweight division. It's probably the most stacked division uh, in the UFC. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, cause this is really kind of going to shape where the division goes after Kamaru fights, uh, Colby Covington. So makes sense. Yeah. Um, but then obviously the main event, the trilogy fight, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor, um, in their last fight, Conor McGregor got knocked out in the second round. Uh, in the first fight, Conor McGregor knocked out Dustin Poirier in the first round. So they're one and one right now. And um, I'm very excited for this. I think Connor needs this win. Oh, he definitely needs this. Because if there's one thing, he's never had back-to-back losses in the UFC. He's always okay. redeemed it. You know, his first loss it was against uh, Nate Diaz, and he redeemed that. His second loss was against uh, Khabib, and then he redeemed that against Cowboy Cerrone. And then, you know, his third loss to Dustin Poirier. So he's gotta he's gotta be bounced back. I think, you know, his last fight, he was very respectful and very like timid and things like that. And that's just not Connor. I think he he wasn't in the right headspace. And I think now, like at least I've seen from his antics that he's been up to, he seems to kind of have that old fire that he had back in the day, like you know, it's one of those it's one of those things where people talk about, you know when you get that the championship or where you've reached the highest of heights, it's hard to, to keep going, to stay, to stay on that grind, you know? Right. Right. Cause, cause you've, you've already been to the mountaintop. You know? Yeah. So, so, you know, it's, it's very easy to get complacent and shit. So, you know, hopefully, you know, he has some of that old fire left. He's still young. He's only like 32, I believe. So, you know, he's still in his prime. Um, I feel like his head, I feel like another thing too, that we're not acknowledging is, he had his his head wrapped around a lot of stuff too. Like he's opened up a lot of businesses. Yeah, different different kind of uh, um, like ventures and shit like that since he's won. So like I just feel like you know it's a little tougher. Right, that, that man has secured his bag. <laughs> you should. But it- and I mean to be honest with you, for what it's worth too, especially after watching a couple of his fights too, 
for what it's worth, Dustin Poirier is not a walk in the park. Not at all. No, no, no. Oh, Dustin Poirier is not necessary. Not. Like that jit that jit goes hard as Dustin Poirier, he reminds me of like a Rich Franklin from back in the day. Someone who's yeah, like he's super doesn't he doesn't yeah. look imposing, but he is somebody that he is gonna take everything you can throw at him and and give it back to you just as hard. And um, Bro, like yeah, no, like I, I I think Poirier messed up though by admitting that Connor got in his head the first fight. Um, oh, that was dumb. Because now Connor's doing what he was doing in that first fight. He's leaving him voice notes via Twitter. He's calling him P head and like all these different things that like really got under his skin <laughs> the first time around. So it's like, okay, like if Connor knows he can get there, like he's gonna try to get back there. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> calling, calling your, calling your mom at four in the morning. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I mean, you got If it works for you, bro, that's what you do. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? And, if that's if that's your mo, and then on top of that too, like a lot of these guys who do that shit, like I learned that, like watching a Muhammad Ali documentary, like when Muhammad Ali would do like them poems and talk his trash and stuff like that, like. He wasn't doing it for the guy, bro. He's doing it for himself. Like you really getting like gassed up yourself on you talking that all that shit. Like now you got to back that shit up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he, he it gets himself worked up, understanding like, all right, bet. Like now I'm talking all this shit. I gotta win now. Right. So yeah. Um, so another interesting thing about this fight, you know, Dustin Poirier is ranked number one in the lightweight division, and Conor McGregor's ranked number five. You've got to think that whoever wins this fight is next in line for the title shot. So oh, once once again, another very important, most likely number one contender fight on this card. So uh, who was the champ? Uh, Charles Overa. He beat he beat uh, Michael Chandler. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah. That was a good fight. That was a very good fight. Cause, that was a good fight because Charles Overa almost got knocked out in the first round. And like he was able yes. to kind of get his bearings back, and then he was able to to end up finishing. Yes, he uh, just had some clean punches. Yeah, he has some clean punches. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm looking forward to it, though. Uh, I'm a big Connor fan. You know, win or lose, like he he plays he plays the heel role so well, and I really wish he would just go to WWE, even though he wouldn't be able to be uncensored like he is. Uh, I just, uh, I'm just thinking of the all the heel shit he could do. Like, he's so good. Oh, he's so good. That will be live. Yeah, he should definitely consider it. Yeah, even just for like one run, like one temporary. Give me like a little four month, like from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania type shit. Yeah, like what we thought Ronda Rousey was gonna do. Yeah, right. And she ended up doing right. a whole year though. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> She gonna be back now that she's pregnant. Once she has her her jit and stuff and get back into shape, she she gonna she gonna be back. So so she's pregnant now officially. Yeah, she's officially pregnant. That's that's the reason she left in the first place because her and her man were gonna try to yeah, have a kid. Took y'all a minute, right? Um, no. So, but shout out to them. Yeah, but I mean, that's actually that's actually a good transition over to the WWE. Um. I do want to mention last night NXT had their Great American Bash um, f- free purview. ABL's pay per view. How dare you? Huh? That's JBL's pay per view. 
Isn't, is that, isn't that the one where uh, John Cena beat his ass in a fucking, was that an I Quit match? Yes. <laughs> the Great American Bash. That shit was amazing. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely recommend people go back and watch the episode just to recap. Uh, MSK, they retained their their tag championships against uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. Um, that rivalry is going to continue uh, the way they, they kind of finished it there, but it was a very good match, possibly match of the night. Um, the, for the, they brought back the million dollar championship, by the way. Okay. So the million how dollar, did they, how did they manage to do that? They brought back Ted, <laughs> D, they, they, they brought back Ted DiBiase, um, for a little run there where it was, L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes kind of going back and forth about, you know, who makes more money, who has more money, who's the better spender of money, like type shit. <laughs> both both of them heels. It was a rivalry between two heels initially. And, uh, you know, Ted DiBiase came back and he was trying to determine, you know, who who really could live that uh, that millionaire lifestyle and this, that, whatever. And he even put up, he's like, you know what we'll do? He's like, we can settle this with a match. He's like, he pulled out the million dollar championship. He's like, "We'll settle this in a ladder match or whatever." So, L.A. Knight versus Cameron and L.A. Knight. He was on TNA as Eli Drake. Eli Drake. Um, so he won. Oh, he's good. Oh, he's very good on the mic. He got over the word "dummies" with the crowd. Dummy, yeah. That, like you can look up on YouTube. He has like, this whole thing where he just calls people dummies. And yeah, crowd loves it. But uh, but anyway, it sounds good. So LA Knight wins the ladder match, becomes million dollar champion, and um, even more reaffirms that he's healed by hitting Ted DiBiase with the championship. And Cameron Grimes, Cameron Grimes going to help Ted DiBiase initiates a face turn for Cameron Grimes. So now people are rooting for Cameron Grimes naturally. It was a good double. It was a good turn by them. Um, so now they're fighting for the title. They fought for the championship and, um, LA Knight retained, um, very good match though, but I like that they brought back the million dollar championship and, oh, because of that defeat, Cameron Grimes is now LA Knight's personal Butler. That was the stipulation. (laughs) So, so that rivalry will continue. Um, the NXT, Women's Tag Team Championships. Um, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark defeated The Way, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, uh, to become the new NXT Tag Team Championships. I'm glad that even though they took the NXT Women's Championship off of Io Shirai, she's right back here in a title picture and has has a championship. So that's good. Um, probably the most surprising thing that happened last night, there is a new stable... Um, in NXT called Hit Row. It is a hip-hop stable. Um, It consists of four people. Um, The leader is Isaiah Swerve Scott, someone who I have been a fan of since he was Killshot on Lucha Underground. Um, So he is the front man. There are two other guys, uh, Ashanti... Oh, sorry. DJ. Oh, my Jesus. 
Ashanti <laughs> Ashanti the Adonis is one of the guys. Okay. And it's another man. He's a smaller guy. He's the DJ of the group. Then you have Top Dollar. Top Dollar is the big bruiser. Or he's the mm. he's the he's the enforcer of the group, big bodied guy. And um they have a woman, uh B Fab. Like her first name's like B-Fab? Yeah, it's like her first name is Bianca. Her it's Bianca uh something, something with a B. But um Brianna maybe. But uh yeah. So last night, you know, Isaiah Swerve Scott last week won the North American Championship. So tonight they did a hit row championship cipher. A cipher. <laughs> they did a legitimate Oh my god! Drop the link in the chat. I (laughs) promise you, I will. This, but here's what I will say: for what it was, wrestlers Mm -hmm. rapping, it was good. Uh, Specifically, Top Dollar did good, and um, Isaiah Swerve Scott did really good. Uh, You can't have names like that and be trash, right? So. Like they worked in their catchphrase, they worked in their catchphrase to it, and then they came out to the ring after they did their cipher performing their stables song. Mm, So it it was cool, but what was crazy is like, and I I appreciate NXT for doing this. This was a good 10-minute segment. No commercial break in between, Mm -hmm. a good full 10 minutes, no conflict, nobody interrupting them. They gave this group of four black people, a good 10 minutes of TV time to showcase themselves without any kind of shine going anywhere else. That's lit. So I I appreciate Triple H for that because I imagine that was not not Vince's idea. Of course, absolutely not. Yeah. Well, you know, here's here's my thing that kind of shows me Vince's ideologies and why they don't work. <clears throat> I mean, at the end of the day, what is worth, you know, like it's obviously good for business to include a little bit of diversity. Um, and you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think, I think a lot of people flock to what Triple H has going on because it is super diverse. And, and what's funny is, is that majority of the diversity that we do see in the WWE that's performing extra well, that was, introduced first by Triple H. Right. If you if you really think about it, you know what I mean? And 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 the fact of the matter here is that you know that good old I think that Vince is proving time and time again that he's a little too old to still be doing work because he's still thinking about how things were quote unquote in the past. Right. Right? And and you know that just that just it just doesn't work. Yeah, no, and then and then the uh, the main event was the rematch between uh, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, this is a rematch from their NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver match, uh, where Kyle O'Reilly won. I believe that was uh, uh, it was like a street fight, basically an unsanctioned match, one of those kind of things. Um, it was an anything goes. Kyle O'Reilly won. This was a straight up wrestling match with rules, and honestly. May have been better than their first match without all the bells and whistles. Not going to lie to you. Like, it may be on the match of the year tracker. 
I'll have to add it to there. Mm-hmm. You guys can go back and watch, and you know maybe we can eliminate one of the two. Um, but I'm ex- gonna just start ex- putting ratings on them. Right, extremely good match. Um, Adam Cole won this match, which likely means there will be a a third match somewhere down the line here. Um, don't know when that'll happen, but it, it looks like that is very possible. Um, so yeah, so we'll we'll see we'll see how that plays out. Shout out to NXT. Um, one, uh, actually, sorry, two last things. Zelina Vega officially back in WWE uh, made her SmackDown re debut, and she's already officially announced to be in the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, sweet. So exactly where Live. she needs to be wrestling, fighting, because she was far underutilized just as a manager. Although she did that super well, um, she's way too good on the mic and in the ring to be utilized in just one of those roles. So, yeah. Um, and then lastly, announced today, WWE has officially partnered with uh, the Rolling Loud Festival that happens every year in Miami. Uh, this being the first one with people because i believe last year's was canceled um due to covid um so over the course of the night that that's on a friday during an episode of smackdown smackdown will be in cleveland that night uh but they will be throwing to the festival where they will actually be having wrestling matches taking place during the festival um i don't know how i don't know how y'all feel about it it's gonna be live. I mean, I think I think it's a good idea. I think if there's any way to not, if there's a way to reach out to the younger crowd, I mean, doing stuff at festivals doesn't sound that bad, like Rolling Loud and maybe expanding into like Made in America and Broccoli Fest and stuff like that. Maybe having wrestling events there will like you know heighten up the crowd's attention. So that's pretty cool. I like it. I fuck with it a lot. Okay, okay. Dylan, I think it's good at. Oh, no, uh, go go ahead, Will. Oh no! I was gonna say I think it's like I think it's like good for like really like promoting that younger crowd because you know there's like a whole generation of people like who don't watch like wrestling at all and you know if it's like if they're having like these crazy matches headlining at these music festivals that these people are already going to it might be they're like oh well maybe I'll watch SmackDown this week to see what happens next right yeah I won't. I won't rain on the parade. I, I hope it's. I hope. I hope it all works out. That's all. That's all. I'm I mean, I feel like. I mean, there's there's obviously logistical concerns because I mean, this hasn't been something that's happened in this in this kind of like uh, realm, right? WCW used to do stuff at live events, but the only difference is is that WCW's like ring used to be like right smack dab in the middle of the live right. event, right? And and they used to do it in smaller venues, right? And like you know the WCW like a mall crowd, <laughs> yeah, they 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 did it. They they had that old South um, population anyway. I forget what the promotion was called for old WCW. Um, uh, uh, you talking about NWA? Or you talking about or, or are you talking about WCCW? Well, WCCW and um, NWA didn't they merge to make WCW? Yeah, or some of the nature, right? And then like Mid South Wrestling joined in or some shit like that. Yeah, something like that. But they but they used to do it at like random malls, random music festivals. Remember, Bash at the Beach was right 
literally on the coastline of Daytona Beach. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like people who couldn't necessarily gain entrance could still walk past and see the set. You know what I mean? So it's not the first time it's happened. I think it's just the first time it's happening at a festival that's this big because it's like, what, five stages? So right, like, yeah. where are you going to position this ring? Are you going to make this a live event? Will it be on TV? Is it going to be streamed? Like what what is going to be done to ensure the full success, you know what I mean, of of what you're trying to do? Right. I think ultimately that's that's what it boils down to, if you ask me. Okay. I can see that. Definitely. Yeah, man. I think it's a it's a good idea overall. I mean, shit, don't knock it till you try it, right? And you're trying to expand your audience. So what better way? I feel that. That's a I think I I think it's a great fucking I mean, if it fails, it fails. You know what I mean? But shit. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I think that's, that's got to be the mentality, bro. We need younger people, right? Fuck it. All right. That's true. Um, well, I, that's all I got on, uh, on WWE. All right. Let that up. So, you know, we got to talk about the finals. What we think about it so far, we've only seen game one. Right? First mm-hmm. off, shout out, shout out to the Suns and the Bucks for making it to the finals, by the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Suns and five. Shout out to the point guard. I mean, it's his I, time, bro. I just don't think. I mean, I don't think the. Look, bug, I don't think the. Go ahead. I mean, he making it look effortless. Go ahead. No, I was. Just, I mean, I was just gonna say, I don't think the Bucks can play at the Suns' pace. Um, throughout this series, that that that's gonna be an, an issue for them. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it's pace, and I also think it has to do with style of play. I think that the fact that they have four really lethal guards that they can rely on and mm-hmm. the fact that they can give you that pick and roll from any angle, like they've done double guard pick and rolls. They've done forward to center pick and rolls. They've done guard to forward and forward to guard pick and rolls. Like I think that's super dangerous, you know what I mean? And then on top of that, what makes <clears throat> this team even more dangerous is is they they know how to treat their big man, which a lot of teams exactly. don't know how to do. So DeAndre Ayton, like he gets shot attempts just based off of the just based off of the fact that you know he runs the floor. Like yeah. DeAndre Ayton runs the floor and gets down there early. They get him the rock early and often, oh. which keeps him involved in the game. Cool. Yeah, and it's something that we haven't seen in a while. That's number one. Number two, another thing that Phoenix does really well, which shows that I think like Monty Williams, I'm not saying that he is this guy, but he's definitely channeling a little inner Belichick. And the reason why I say that is because he's using a lot of old basketball concepts that work, right? Like, I don't know if you remember, Willie, you weren't on this episode, but Buddha, you remember when, when I was talking about how this was... When we when the Patriots played the Rams in the Super Bowl all the way up to that point for the last like two, three years, Belichick was doing that two tight end, two back set and right. just running the ball and using Gronkowski for blocking just as much as he was using Gronk for receiving. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really call, it's just a really old call back to the old school. And Monty Williams is doing that now. Like it's a lot of using the bigs, it's a lot of pick and roll. And here's the thing. The difference between their pick and roll, which I think makes it tough for the Bucks to scout, the Bucks are built to stop the three-point shot and mm-hmm. the post, right? 
But right. if yeah. you really pay attention to how Phoenix plays, Phoenix really kills you in the mid-range game. That's where they kill you, bro. Like they do their, they don't do because when you do pick and roll, you either pick or, you're either doing the pick and roll to get your big man to lob, or you're pick and rolling to kind of set up the three point shot, whether it's through the kick or the dribble over. They're dribbling into the into the mid range area and they're pulling up and they're getting wide oh open. They're getting wide open mid range shots. And Booker's hitting his shots. CP3 hitting his shot. Cameron Payne's hitting his shots. Jay Crowder's hitting his shots. All them boys are hitting their shots. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, man, it's really tough. It's really tough to stop. Right. It's tough to yeah, stop the yeah. Bucks. The Bucks don't really have the guys necessary, really, to keep up with the team. So you're right. It is pace for sure. Because I'm telling you right now, whenever they did that switch and they got Portis on Chris Paul, Chris Paul was cooking. Did you cooking, Jim? Bro, he oh, was the one on one game. Oh. He got, he got to the basket effortlessly. Yeah, bro, he was cooking jet. No cap, like he definitely he was <laughs> cooking the fuck out of jet. Like shit made no sense, bro. I was like, bro, like he did like he, there was one where he did like the little in and out dribble, yes. and then he looked <laughs> back at him in the lane before hitting the finger roll. I was like, bro, yes. like at to this, too. I was and like, at this out. point, at this point, you just playing with these bums, bro. No, for at real. this point, at this and point, no. And that's what it felt like to me. Because it was like, it was an effortless 32, 10, and 8 or something like that. Yes. I just wanted to say something else. Mm-hmm. That I, I'm I'm starting to question a lot of the players that we call like some of the better players in the game. Because in my honest opinion, I would perceive that when Chris Paul was with Capella and CJ Tucker and um uh 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 uh, 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 uh who am I missing Harden. and Harden like you would have thought that they would have had an easier route to the finals I mean now the war now we'll say this State. now we'll say this bear with me when I say this but I think this Suns team would give those old Golden State Warrior teams a run for their money better than the Rockets did. <laughs> The one with wait, you talking about the way you said old Warriors or KD Warriors? The Warriors that the year what year was that where the Rockets came within one game? That season. Okay, I, I can see that. Yeah, bro, I'm telling you, like it's just interesting to me how Chris Paul is is balling with this team, and and you know what makes me mad is I love how we are using the what ifs for Chris Paul, but we refuse to use what ifs for a whole bunch of other guys. Like, if we're going to apply what ifs for Chris Paul, apply what ifs for everybody else. Because if we're going to do what ifs, then Steph Curry would only have one. I don't want to hear that shit. That man is balling. I'm sorry. Because, like, you, because they're saying, oh, like, Chris Paul went up against an unhealthy uh, Lakers team and you know, he went up against a team that was missing this guy and this guy. And I was like, well, when the Warriors won their first one, they went up against the Cleveland Cavaliers team where they lost game one with a barely functioning Kyrie who finally broke down and were down 2-1 with LeBron and the, where the second best player on that team was Della Vadova. Like, Della Vadova well, yeah, was... Kevin Love guys. was hurt. Kevin Love was hurt from the series against the Celtics. Yeah. 
so like, come on, man. Like, don't don't do that what if shit with me, bro. That just makes me really upset. No cap. No cap. No kids out. Not a cap to be found. Big facts. So I mean, so you said Suns in five. I mean, why are you saying Suns in five? Like I said, I just Milwaukee can't keep up with the pace, and I just, I just honestly, part of me wants to say Suns in four. Really, but I, I don't want to disrespect the Bucks, but like, I really would not be shocked if Suns sweep. So I'm saying, really. Really. No, I, I, I go ahead then. No, I just said Suns and Six, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was a five or a four. Yeah, so I, I was gonna say the same thing. So here's the reason why I think it's gonna be really tough. So here here's my, my point of perspective, right? I think number one, the Bucks are a really good team. And number two, Giannis is still a superstar, he's a two time MVP. I feel like every team that's supposed to get swept that has like a bona fide superstar, they're always going to get one otherworldly game that's going to push them over to get to squeak one game out. I think that's what's going to uh, happen. Like when LeBron had like that 50 point triple double in, the, in like that game five or whatever. Because like, they were like he did not want to, he did not want to get swept, boy. And he made, he made that his personal four. mission. Like, he really did what he had to do. And I'm like, man, listen, that's that's what you're supposed to get from your superstars, bro. That's what you're supposed to get, bro. Like, you're not supposed to get swept, man. Like, that shit, when you get, to me, getting swept, especially in the finals, like, that's... No, that's sad. Yeah, that's, that's tough. That shows lack of coaching. I feel like lack of effort. Like, that shows a lot about your team, about your squad, if you get swept. But I, but I like, but like you were saying, I, I can see Giannis, you know, because like how he started the game yesterday was or pretty what effective. It, or what it shows is that they should never have been there in the first place. Jeez. And if it wasn't yeah. for, if it wasn't for Harden and Kyrie being out, or one foot, like or, literally, or Trey, or Trey missing that game, or whatever, like, bro, like they caught a lot of lucky breaks. I mean, yeah, I, I agree to that. But, you know, my argument to that is, is that, you know, that happens. You know, I mean, I feel like a lot of teams catch breaks to get to the championship. Injuries happen. Situations happen. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. We can say that for, for a lot of teams. Um, I just feel and, and I'm not I'm, again, I'm not going against I'm not going against your what you're saying. I agree. I just feel as though. So, all right, let's put it this way. The Nets, you got Kyrie, you got Harden, you got KD. All three of them are great superstars. But are we really shocked that all three of them sustained some kind of injury this season? No. No, no, no. not at all. Not at all. Like, they they always get injured. (laughs) They always get injured. Them three always get injured. So that didn't shock me. As far as Atlanta's concerned, I think Atlanta, that what we saw with Atlanta – is them really missing DeAndre Hunter? And did Cam did Cam play like that in this? No, in the Cam Reddish didn't. Cam Reddish was hurt. Yeah, so had you had surgery. So you had Reddish hurt. You had Hunter hurt. Which I feel like if you have both of those guys, Atlanta is a top three Eastern Conference seed. Agreed. Because so, even in the first round, Hunter was playing his ass off. Yeah, he balled the fuck out. So you know, I think that 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 Atlanta Hawks team is going to be a serious issue come next year, but. 
Trey Young isn't used to the grind that no. is playoff basketball. So what we saw with that injury, honestly, was just a player breaking down, bro. They had a short break and they had two long seasons, and then you're making this run towards the towards the finals. Like, bro, your body gonna break down, bro. And you ain't got nobody to carry your weight. Right. You know what I'm saying? When you get off of the floor, it's obvious that they need you. So your breaks are short. You know, he's got to get used to those superstar minutes. So I think that played a part in it as well. Um, you know, as far as Philly's concerned, I I just don't think Ben Simmons is a playoff caliber guy. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I just I just feel like that. There, there are breaks that happen, but to me, those breaks made sense. Like when Cleveland had the injuries with Kyrie and Kevin Love, that made sense. Those mm-hmm. two get hurt all the fucking time. You see what I'm saying? So when those yeah. breaks happen, like Chris Paul hurting his hamstring, like people were like, oh, that's unfortunate, man. What the fuck? They're so lucky. I'm like, well, Chris Paul has had a hamstring issue for, for some time now. Years. You know what I mean? Like, So that's not shocking that, you know, he had that hamstring issue again. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, that's that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I feel like now when breaks happen that don't make sense, like I'm not going to lie to you, I understand Toronto ended up winning the finals, but Toronto had some crazy-ass breaks. For one, Philly should have won that series. That, that, that Kawhi shot... Might have cemented right. his whole career. That was a crazy ass shot. It, it really might. It really. It might've really started. did. Though. That, really that really like tough. that got him his checks. That, that got him everything. That, that picture. Shot. That picture of him crouched down looking will forever live in infamy, bro. Like that's yeah. like one of so, the like. But Philly, but Philly should have. Philly, yeah, Philly right. should have. Philly should have won that series for what it's worth. Secondly, the fact that you have KD, his Achilles explodes, and. Clay Thompson, they were still gonna win. People don't yeah. remember that. They were still gonna win when KD got hurt because Clay Thompson was cooking him up to that point where he went for the dunk. So if if he changes his mind and goes for a layup, it's a very different outcome. Mm-hmm. I think the Warriors still win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Clay so was at like 30 at that point in the game. Yes, bro. He was fucking cooking him, bro. That's my point. Like, come on, fam. Like. That, those breaks, I can understand that. That's why I'd be like, you know, I ain't gonna lie to you. Like Toronto shit, fluky as fuck. I will admit that. I'm, I'm happy that they got a ring because I don't think they'll ever get one again. But that shit was flukier than a bit. I don't right. care what and nobody. Siakam paid exactly, bro. And Siakam, for what it's worth, isn't playing to what his contract is. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? That's but that, it. and that's that's my point, bro. Like. I feel I feel what everybody's saying about breaks and stuff. To me, the breaks got to make sense at least. Like if I can see like a particular injury and be like, "Damn, bro, like that sucks," but I can see that though. I can see that. That's that's my point. So, I mean, oh, one thing that I do got to ask y'all. So, boom. So there's an interesting situation that the Lakers find themselves in, which is why before I even get into all of that. I wanted to, you know, get y'all opinion on. So they're saying that there could be a potential Suns dynasty that's being built. Mm-hmm. Now, before we can talk about the Lakers and the Warriors and everybody else, what we got to understand is the Suns situation. The Suns got a lot of young guys. A lot of those young guys are on like really intermediate mm-hmm. contracts that are pretty long term. Right. So yeah. they have their team core together for quite some time. The only guy that they really put money into like that is CP3. I think Devin Booker's happy with his max contract. 
Um, I don't think he's going to complain, especially considering the fact that he's in his finals. And I personally think that Devin Booker is the closest thing we have to Kobe Bryant in this league, not just because of his relationship to Kobe Bryant, but just the way that he plays, period. I think he's a monster. Um, and another reason why I compare him to Kobe Bryant is because there are players better than him, but his game is really sexy. So it puts him over the top. Because there are other players who are better than Kobe, both on stats and efficiency, like, for example, Tim Duncan. I think Tim Duncan, for what it's worth, you can make an argument that he's better than Kobe. But that gameplay of Kobe is sexy, and you can't overlook that. That matters. Um, So anyway, you have this team that's built. You have your core there, and your main leader, the guy that got you to the finals, CP3, does have about three or four more manageable good years, especially considering that he doesn't take time off. He keeps his body good. As long as he's not injured, it's fine. Now, the, the Warriors have some issues because they have some expiring contracts. They have some guys to resign. And let's be honest, that team is a shell of what it was before. Draymond Green hasn't been the same in the last, like, two and a half seasons. Maybe it's because Clay and Curry haven't been to full um, efficiency. Who knows? Maybe Draymond will come back to full form next year where he's giving you six steals, two blocks, ten assists, eight points, and 15 rebounds. Maybe he'll come back to that, but he's not there now. Um, with the Lakers, so I feel like this is what happens with every LeBron James team. No, you always got to move everybody. guys around, and you can't keep the team the same. You got to let this guy go. Got to let this guy go, and they're in that situation right now. Andre Drummond and Kyle Kuzma are kind of waiting at the wing to see who they're going to choose and who they're going to run with. So I asked you guys, are you choosing Drummond? Or are you choosing Kuzma? I'm choosing Kuzma. Why? I I I personally I personally I like Kuzma's game, bro. Like I just feel like what it is is like he he never gets solid minutes ever. It's always like, all right, you're the starter today, but then the next game you're playing three minutes. Oh, you play 15 minutes, then you're playing five. Like he never gets consistent minutes, so he's never able to play to his potential. But I think he, like, other than, like, you know, the mental game is not the best for him at, at times. But I say when he's locked in defensively and then, you know, doing, you know, that pick and roll with LeBron or the pick and roll with, um, who was it? It was with Gasol this year or with Anthony Davis, you know, he's solid. And he, and he, and he, moves, and he moves on offense, you know. It's not where it's like, all right, I'm just going to stay out in the corner and shoot three. I'm moving. You know, he's constantly moving. And I think Andre German, he limits you. He limits the kind of game you can play. Okay, Buddha. I know you're not really a super basketball watcher, well, but I mean, from based off what you've seen and learned, what do you Well, honestly, that's what I was going to say. I, ha- I actually haven't seen too much Laker basketball, to be honest with you. Um so it's, it's so if you were if you were building if you were building a team, are you more concerned about are you more concerned about the big man or your forward? Like who Prob- would you keep? Probably my forward. And why is that? I don't know. I just feel like I feel like the the forwards can be so like multifaceted, like a lot of mm-hmm. them just do can do like whatever you need them to do. Um, right. I don't more versatility. To, yeah. Yeah. At least that's expected from me. So whichever, whoever's giving me more versatility is probably who I would keep. Kuzma. 
I feel I feel as though Kuzma for for Kuzma's sake, Kuzma's got to go. Um, this is the same guy I, that we were watching. There, this is the same guy seasons ago we were watching put up forty. Um, but LeBron really hinders his game. I don't give a fuck what anybody tells me. No, I um, agree on that. LeBron hinders his game a lot, so he needs to go. If if the Lakers know what they're doing, they need to let him go because he's not the best for LeBron basketball. Now, if you're building for the future, keep him for a few years, you wait for LeBron to retire, maybe he'll stick around. I doubt it. Drummond is better for the way that LeBron plays basketball. So from a front office perspective, you probably want to – I mean, from yeah, from a front office perspective, you probably want to keep Kuz. From a basketball perspective, bro, let, let Kuz go, bro. Let Kuz go and get the most that you can get out of it. You know what I mean? Get your players that you want to get and call it a day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just I just think it's a waste of time. Feel that. I mean, yeah, I get, I get you on that. Because, I mean, at the because, I, I mean, and I hate to say it, but LeBron has ruined the Lakers' future past, you know, when he was. Oh, he sure has. And, you know, it's, sure and it's been seen, you know, like, look at look at Miami. Like, how long did it take Miami to recover? You know, look at the Cavs right now. Again, the Cavs won a ring in 20, what, 16? Mm-hmm. And then they had the, they've had the worst record in the league past three years. And they want to mm-hmm. say, oh, the LeBron, like the LeBron effect. But it's bullshit when you have to trade away your whole future for, for one ring. Right. You know, my, yeah. whole, my whole thing is, is that, like, I, I'm amazed at how freaking all these guys – like all these guys that freaking they they let go of that are balling right now, like balling right now, like Jordan Clarkson and Brandon Ingram and Drew. Oh my gosh, bro! Like that shit is crazy to me. Yeah, but that it, shit is crazy. It was, to me. It, it was for the win now, like mm-hmm. you know, because even D'Angelo Russell. Like traded D'Angelo Russell because he had a disagreement with um, Byron Scott. Byron yeah. Scott, yeah, bro. Come on, bro. Like, like, and then first of all, and then their biggest mistake was drafting Alonzo over Tatum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I disagree because with that. I was so happy when they when they did that. Though. I was like, we'll take Tatum all fucking day. Because think about it. Think about how that Lakers roster would. LeBron would have never even went to the Lakers. No, they wouldn't need him. Exactly. And they would still be a contender in the West. We ain't lying but, about that one, bit dog. But, you know, hey, everybody, I, I sound like a hater, though, because everybody loves LeBron. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, you know what they said? LeBron is like the most trolled. Uh... They said he's the most trolled artist. I mean, not artist. Most trolled athlete in social media. I mean, that's well, who else is more polarizing? Like that's like nobody. Ronaldo. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, like who else is more polarizing? Like, no, who else is more polarizing? I guess that can be trolled. No, I mean, there's a great point. Yeah. I mean, there's a great point. He's definitely, he's definitely done it to himself. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? That's why, like, exactly. when, when there's when there is things that's said about him and he reacts, I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. I don't feel bad. No, like, ever. Oh. 
Like shit. No, Tom Tom Brady did that that fourth thing when he thought it was fourth down that one week. It got about a week's worth of play and then it was gone. Yeah. He's, he's the goat. Like with that, who cares? It was a mental blip for a second. And here I'm gonna go win a Super Bowl and all stupid ass. Like yeah, so like LeBron's really the only one who's up there in goat status that kind of sets himself up for it sometimes. But then again, but then again, Tom Brady has never exploded a team. If anything, he takes an L for the for no, the no. betterment yeah, of the yeah, team. Yeah. No, no, for sure. You know I was I mean? just talking about in the grand scheme of like yeah. what they mean like to the sport. Every roster, everywhere you've been, you blow up the roster. Real shit. Like, no one, no every one, fucking where you've gone, bro. No, cap. no one else is. No one else will be able to do that. That's facts. Because even when you think about it, right? Like you say, like okay, like whatever. Uh, what's his name? Kevin Durant, right? Like okay, they they blew up the Nets roster. But when you really think about it, most of the guys who were starting on the Nets last year are on that team. Besides the. You know the what's it, um the Hardens of the world, and they had to trade every. You know you had to trade for Harden because why not trade for a top ten player in the league? You know, right? If you had the opportunity, but I don't know. It's it's just like it's that LeBron effect, man. You just I get, feel that you get whatever you get whatever you want. <laughs> it's, it's like he- it's like a baby, bro. I mean, you know, I, I feel as though, like, you know, that's that's just the way the cookie crumbles, bro. Like, I feel like he's deaf. Nobody's really had that much access before to, like, this, just the, the, the resources that a team has like he does, bro. Like, they just give yeah. him so much access. And, and you, you, they tried to hide it. You know what I mean? And that's the funny thing. Like, the Lakers try to hide that shit. They tried to hide that shit. And it came out. It came out, especially when that whole trade was going on, where they were trying to trade everybody for AD. Like, yeah. everything that was happening was shown. Like, oh. AD. Magic Johnson. <laughs> like, Magic Johnson exposed the hell out of the Lakers. When he just quit, <laughs> yep. it was like, nah, I can't do this shit no more. Yep, yep. And, and I mean, I think personally... Like, when he was talking about all this stuff, like, I kind of tried to read between the lines, and he kept talking about, like, he doesn't have any issues with the buses or whatever. I was like, I feel like he's he's kind of trying to talk about, uh, I felt like he was talking about um, LeBron a little bit, too. I think so. LeBron and his camp. Because... Yes, bro. That was imposing. Like, for but for what? Like, I don't know. Because, like, the... Oh. Everything was there, bro. Like for me, anyway. Everything was there. Like when he joined Clutch, which is uh, Rich Paul's thing, which is his boy. I saw that and was like, mm, okay. Then he bought the crib um, in freaking L.A. and I was like, mm, okay, I'm watching that. And then the next thing you know, there's rumors coming out, and then you saw the team change completely. They were the number three team in the West with injuries, and it was like all them boys was kind of like, all right, bet. Like I'm gonna just play for myself, bro. Exactly. And, like, I feel like how discouraging is that for, like, young guys like, you know, Josh Hart, somebody who's actually getting minutes on the Lakers, and now you're on the Pelicans, you're getting, like, no minutes now. And you're requesting a trade and shit, you know? But to baseball, 
I just want to talk about my boy, Otani. The man is a beast. He is the first player in MLB history to be awarded to be an all-star as a pitcher, a starting pitcher, and a starting outfield. First player, only player. The man, oh, and he just broke the record for most home runs hit um, by a Japanese player. And we only got, and we only threw 81 games. How many home runs is that? He has 31 home runs on the season. Who did he, whose record did he beat? Was that Ichiro? Um, Actually, I got I I'm I don't have that. I imagine That's probably. That's interesting. I would assume Ichiro. That's interesting, bro. I mean, Otani's a beast, though. Bro, he he's really not my is. he's not my favorite player, but he is a beast. My favorite player right now is Fernando Tatis Junior. All bets on Mookie. Bro, Fernando Tatis is a monster, bro. He is though. Um, him, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, I would say someone who slept on, um, that doesn't get enough credit is Jacob Degrom. Yeah, Jacob um, Degrom is a beast. I don't know if you've seen, him, but he has the lowest MRA, the no, the lowest ERA, ERA, um, by a starting pitcher since 1913. Yeah, bro. He's well. Listen, the thing <laughs> about thing about Jake Degrom is his stuff is just nasty. Bro, he this man is throwing everything, and it's just beautiful. <laughs> so, like, I am looking forward to honestly the the home run derby more than the All Star game, if you ask me. Agreed. Tatis, Vlad Jr. and um, and Otani. Bro, I think the I think the home run derby is the best All Star event in all sports outside of the three point contest. Booty, have you ever seen a home run derby? Of course. Them shits is so that's, fun. That's like the one baseball thing I'll actually watch. <laughs> that's on Monday at like 7, I believe. I'm watching that shit. Oh, shit. But I'll watch it till 8, and then I gotta watch Raw. But... No, I get down. No, I don't actually know how you get down, but now that you've informed me, thank you, bro. Anyways. Thank whatever, you, bro. I appreciate dude. that. Hey. Shouts out to the Tampa um, Bay Lightning. They finna uh they finna finna clean up tonight, you feel me? They're gonna they're gonna win the Stanley Cup. They're gonna beat the uh the Montreal Canadiens. Shit. Shout out they're to up, them. They're up three one right now. Just out here doing the damn thing. I mean, you know, don't speak too soon though. Nah, fam. <laughs> they're not coming back from being down three oh. That ain't happening. Are they uh is the game in Tampa? Oh, it's in Tampa tonight. Damn, yeah, it might it might be going down. It's it's a, it's a Reynolds rap, you feel me? Yeah, it might be going down. Um, do you watch hockey? Um, sometimes. Sometimes I I want to watch it more cuz I do enjoy it when I watch it. Um, mm-hmm. I think I really just want to go to a game too. I've never been to a, an NHL game, so like I'd really love to to do that one day. I think that might make me enjoy it more. I will tell you the truth. That is absolutely what's going to happen. I've been to two Panther games. Mm. Um, one against, I think, the Rangers and another one against the Lightning. Mm-hmm. Both those games were really, really fun. First time I made a mistake because I didn't bring a sweater. 
that had me messed up. But the second game, I brought a sweater and I was good, baby. <laughs> See, that's why I, I was enjoy. It. I, I hate being hot, so that's the one thing I would enjoy is being over. Yeah, that bit is nice. Cool. That bit is definitely cool. It is definitely cool, for sure. Um. Well, so all right, bet that up. So, is there any before we continue on to you know the more pressing articles um, that have come out as of recent? Is there any? Um, oh, before I even ask you that question, did you watch any of the uh, that uh, golf thing between like Tom Brady and Aaron yeah, Rodgers and all them boys? I saw some of it. Yes, that shit was fire. Yeah. I no, didn't realize was, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady were like that good of friends. Oh yeah, they're really chummy with each other. I, I mean, I had a feeling with all the the trolling, like because Tom was like being very trolling and like doing a lot in the lead up to it. I was like, I don't, I don't think he would do that unless like Aaron was like, yeah, no, it, it, it's cool though. I mean, to be honest with you, though, I mean, this is this could be more Aaron hijinks, right? Like he could be doing more of the mental game mm. because you know. He's he's not saying it. Tom's saying it. Like he's think about the things he said. He said, I think he's a leader of the Packers. He doesn't like his boss. Shit like that. Like, whew. And then and then Aaron That's just rough. responds by saying, I didn't say I don't like my boss. Right. But exactly. you're not saying, but you're not saying you do like your boss. Exactly. It comes across very trollish. Yeah. You know That's what I mean? Like, like almost Yeah. Like when they asked him um if he's gonna be at at training camp or whatever, and he's like I don't know. You know, I'm just happy to be here playing golf. And he's like, and the guys are like, okay, well, what about September 1st or whatever the day? He's like, what's that? They're like, that's going to be the season opener against the Saints. He's like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, just going to, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. And then, like, uh, Charles um, was like, Hey, uh, you know we're good friends. You could you could tell me, and he's like Chuck. I'll tell you. Uh, I'll ch- I'll tell you next week when we're in Tahoe or wherever the fuck he said. Charles Barkley. Yeah. Charles, Charles Barkley. Barkley's friends with everybody too. It is ugly. Word. <laughs> no, so it was cool. It was fun to watch. But um, but yeah, man. Um, well, the Olympics are coming up. You know, the Summer Olympics, they're going to be getting started this month. Mm-hmm. And um, a recent uh, a, a news headline would be that it, it, you said it, it's, it's Shikari? Shikari, yeah. Shikari. Mm-hmm. Shikari Richardson? Yes. She is out of the Tokyo Olympics because she tested positive for uh Yeah, they didn't even put on the on the team list, yeah. So Jamaica's about to wash everybody. Yeah. So um it's unfortunate. I mean I get I get both sides of the argument that's being had. Um I do, you know, I do feel bad for her, you know, given the circumstances and you know, whether it should be allowed or not tested for is besides the point, like she was going through a very personal situation, you know, finding out that her mother died from a reporter, I think could probably fuck anybody up. And, uh, her mom passed away from what? I'm honestly not sure. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, to find that out, 
if she wanted to smoke some weed, like I get it. And you know, her tweet, uh, I am human. Like I, I feel her, you know, it's, it'd be it's a tough it's a tough thing to to navigate yeah exactly so i can't i can't fault her for that um it is unfortunate but you know i also don't blame the olympic committee for necessarily you know suspending because that's just what they have to do you know while it is you know soon i imagine will be legal here completely federally you know it's illegal in most countries so Agreed. I get it, but it's 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 unfortunate. I feel bad. I, I I hope that you know she she doesn't take this too hard. I hope she bounces back and you know we see her at the next Olympics. Good thing is she's she's very young still. I think she's only just turned twenty one or something like that. Yeah. Um, so you know she'll be. She's still doing her school thing, and she's not done it. Yeah, she's gotta, yeah. She's not even in her. She she's not even in her prime yet, like athletically. So, right. you know, she could, she could bounce back in the next Olympics and take everything home. Um, you know, I just hope that, you know, I pray for her and her family. I hope that, you know, she's at least had some healing since finding out and stuff. And I mean, if you were, if you were on that committee, what would you do? Well, I mean, what is not, it's not, what would you like the Olympic committee? Like, yeah, if you were, if you were in charge of the Olympic committee, like what would you push for? I mean, I would push to like me personally, like, because I don't care one way or another whether you do it. I I'm not one of these people who thinks that marijuana is like a performance enhancing drug, which is what they are testing for. Because it's not like they're doing field sobriety tests out there to see if somebody's been drinking or not. They're looking right, for performance right. performance enhancements. That's that's what these tests are for. And there's no way that you could convince me that marijuana is a performance enhancer especially when it comes to running track no <laughs> i don't know yeah, i don't know good. anybody who's ever accelerated to doing anything fast while high <laughs> people, don't, right people don't even like to drive fast when they're high you're snapping not at all <laughs> so if it was me i would obviously push to like just get that out of the testing pool because it's unnecessary. Um, But Michael, I have a question about that though. You know, like, okay, everybody knows that Michael Phelps, Ryan Lochte, and these guys were definitely smoking weed. Right? Yes. Yeah. So my thing is like, okay, so what, what, whose tests were they passing? (laughs) Yo, you you're snapping though. That's a great question. No, I feel you. I feel like honestly, it's one of those things. Just like most athletics, where there's a time frame window that you can get tested in. Okay. So, so you better be clean within this time frame that we're going to test you. And, and then I afterwards, think, I think, it is what it is. Right, and I think it's probably like X amount of days before the actual Olympic Games, because you know gotcha. she just got she just got tested. You know, like a few yeah. weeks back or whenever this happens. So like. It, it's one of those things like within it when it's a certain proximity away, you got to be clean. So I'm sure they're like, cool. And then once you test, however many, I don't know if there's multiple tests you have to take, but once you test clean, then bet I'm back to doing what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. But for you only got to test you clean once. Sure exactly. So. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm sure it's probably something similar. I fuck with that. I can follow that. That's the way, that's the way to look at it. All right. So check me out. One last thing before we oh. move on to I have one cool thing. I'm sorry, Nels. I forgot to tell you. So, 
there's a girl. She went to Port Charlotte High School. She ran track for the University of Miami, and she was number four, number four in the HEP. What's it called? What's what's Hep- the Hep- heptalon? Heptalon. Yeah, and she's black. So shout out to her. Uh, her name I'm is um, Michelle Atherley. Yes, and it is. She was an All American at University of Miami, and she and technically she had a top. I think it's like a top eight time in the world. But it wasn't a top four time in or a top three time for her event. But next Olympics, I definitely think we will be seeing her. Shout out to shout out to the nine four one. Do you have to be um how old do you have to be to compete in the Olympics? I think you can be well you well no, you can be seventeen you can be seventeen because there's a kid from Tampa who's competing in his first Olympics, and he won the 200 meter. Okay. And he's yeah, he's from. Um, he had offers from. He was a four star, I think, wideout. And he Stop. and he and he turned pro. Imagine <laughs> not track. even graduate. Imagine not even graduating from high school yet, and be like, yeah, I'm just gonna go to the Olympics real quick in Tokyo. I'm gonna holler y'all. I'm gonna holler y'all next year. The fuck. I'll be back. I'll see y'all after. I'll see y'all after break. The fuck. Right. I'll, I'll be back. Alright. I'll be there soon. I'm not I'll showing up the first two weeks. And imagine winning. Oh. All the teachers, y'all. Hey, all SMD to all my teachers. I'm not going to school the rest of the year. <laughs> I be like, I be like, bro, check me out, bro. I'm a motherfucking Olympic champion. What's wrong with you? Yeah, like I don't need. Do you not know? Do you not know the vibes? Do you not understand what the fuck y'all I got are, going on right now? Y'all are definitely wearing the gold medal to, to school every day, right? Like, oh, I easily. Would. Oh, easily. Yeah. Like, bro. bro the whole Olympic tracksuit. Just a flex. Bro. And then you purposely got to sit down to where, like, it, it bangs on the desk. You say, oh, my bad. My gold medal. It's, it's, I'm forgetting <laughs> it's here sometimes. You got to use that. it the same way rappers be using their medallions. <laughs> yeah, bro. That's lit. I fuck with all of that. Let, let a little, let a little shorty wear it. You feel me? Like, oh, you can wear it for a second. I'm gonna need that back, though. I'm gonna need that back. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Fuck yeah. with me, hear me? Yeah. Fuck with me. <laughs> Fuck with me, little mom. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing what I gotta do. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. 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 Um, so you guys have heard about what's been going on with Rachel Nichols and shit, right? Oh, yes. There were some questionable edu- edu- comments. Educate me, please. So she, she went to, she went to trip and who is Rachel Nichols? Rachel Nichols is the girl with red hair who does the sideline reporting for ESPN. She's oh, also okay. on the jump, right? She used to be. Oh no, she does do the jump. She does do the jump. Um, so anyway, um, she pretty much got, there was a hot mic and what she said got sent around. Um, and I'm going to read it in this article and nobody got in trouble. No, she might as well. But, um, anyway, I'll read the article for you and then we'll go from there. You know, I'm an article reader. This is USA Today, Chris Bambaca. All right. Um, the title reads NABJ outrage after Rachel Nichols video demands meeting with Disney ESPN execs. The National Association of Black Journalists 
has requested a meeting with executives from Walt Disney Corporation and ESPN while expressing outrage over a recent New York Times report that uncovered a toxic ESPN culture that appears to promote bias. On Sunday, the Times report detailed the fallout of a leaked video in which NBA anchor Rachel Nichols was recorded saying, in reference to colleague Maria Taylor, if you need to give her more things to do because you are feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which, by the way, I know personally from the female side of it, like, go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You're not going to find it from me or taking my thing away. ESPN gave Maria Taylor hosting duties for the 2020 NBA Finals from the Disney bubble, a job Nichols evidently had issues relinquishing. In a statement released Wednesday afternoon, NABJ called Nichols' comments disappointing and disparaging given the ongoing reports by Black journalists of white men advancing at ESPN because of their skin tone and not by merit, which there is one Black... I'm, I'm, I'm cutting from reading the article here. There was... I forget his name, but there was a Black... Um, ESPN journalist who was making his way up and then he finally hit like a ceiling and they told him that he was too ghetto and that they already had one of those, which was Stuart Scott. Wow. Yes. ESPN's response to the Nichols matter was even more appalling. The Times had documented what appears to be an attempt by ESPN to sweep the matter under the rug until it was recently exposed in greater detail The NABJ's statement read. NABJ President Dorothy, Dorothy Tucker sorry, said the silence from ESPN leaders over the past year was deafening and formally requested a meeting with Disney Executive Chairman Bob Iger, Disney CEO Bob Kept. Chapek and ESPN chairman Jimmy Pitaro. The company's actions could have alienated Taylor and left another black employee punished for exposing the matter, the NABJ statement said, which was the girl who, who had the audio sent it to Maria Taylor so Maria Taylor could hear it herself. And she got in trouble and got like suspended two weeks with no pay or something crazy like that. Oh, shit. Oh, it says it here. Kayla Johnson, a black producer at ESPN, received a two-week suspension for sending the Nichols video to Taylor, according to the Times. She is no longer with the company. A statement from ESPN to NABJ via spokesperson said, we're proud to lead the sports media industry in making significant progress to develop and place diverse talent on air and in key leadership positions. Diversity, inclusion, and equity are top priorities at ESPN. We recognize more work needs to be done and we will continue our commitment to creating a culture that reflects our values. Our partnership with NABJ is an integral part of that commitment. Nichols apologized for a comment, which she made in private on a video call with longtime LeBron James advisor Adam Medelson Monday during a 30-second open in, of her daily NBA show, The Jump. But in the 4 p.m. Eastern time slot Tuesday, ESPN instead aired Jalen and Jacoby having canceled the show per Washington Post. ESPN announced earlier in that day that Malika Andrews would replace Nichols as a sideline reporter during the 2020 finals between the Milwaukee Bucks and Phoenix Suns. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and word on the street is like Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols they do not fuck with each other at all like Maria Taylor had to like she pretty much put it in writing like yeah wherever she's gonna be at like just keep her away from me yeah. and that was before all this shit happened so I think what she was saying was also in like hate too right cause like yeah. Maria Taylor was definitely like a up and coming rising star in ESPN. And I mean, for what and I'll say this, like I understand the whole diversity and inclusion thing or whatever the fuck, but she, Maria Taylor is actually good. Like exactly. her interviews are, her interviews are fucking fire. She has a great relationship 
with, with the her, players. With the players. And the players actually have faith in her and have confidence that whatever they tell her behind closed doors ain't going to make it out. Like, Rachel exactly. Nichols apparently has, like, a really bad name with some guys. Like, more preferred, like, preferred, I think Jimmy Butler um, had some issues with her because, like, I think that the whole Minnesota thing where he was, like, tripping out in the uh, in practice, like, that was leaked by her. Oh, wow. And, like, what they're saying is, and, like, what made Jimmy Butler mad is, like, bro, like, what I did isn't even close to what Kobe does in L.A. Like, exactly. you should hear the shit that Kobe does and, like, this is the shit that you want to release to make me look bad when I'm trying to get a contract somewhere else. Like, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. But you know that was, saying? like, but, <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like we've been starting to hear more Kobe stories as, like, things have came out. But, like, when he was, like, just... When he was straight up, why the fuck should I pass the ball when they don't have no work at? <laughs> like, Listen, but but to be honest with you though, bro, it. is he wrong for saying some shit like that? No, that uh, that shit that shit's real. Like, like if I see how much work they putting in and they not putting in as much work as me, fuck them. Yeah, you don't deserve you know? this ball. Exactly, but I mean, and I think that goes for a lot of profession professions, you know. But um. But yeah, man, I mean, you know, shout out to the National Association of Black Journalists for putting that pressure on ESPN. I'll say this much. Now what's going to happen is Disney's going to get involved and shit's going to change tremendously in ESPN. Because Disney has been super big on diversity, especially after everything that came out about Walt Disney did come out. They had to tighten up. So they're going to tighten up ESPN real decent. So we're going to see what happens over the next upcoming weeks. And Stephen A. Smith, that boy... Because he, he already got, um, I don't know if y'all have ESPN Plus, he has like a daily um, show now. It's called um, Stephen A's um, Stephen A's World. And it's, it's, it's a pretty solid show. I, I mean, I don't watch every day, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a solid watch. I like, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a look-see. Give it a but, um, but I mean, um, beyond that, if y'all are done, we can go to Underrated Bar's name. Yes, sir. Down. All right, there it is. All right, so today I have underrated bars of oh. uh, underrated bars of fame. Oh, hold on. I sorry, I do just want to mention, guys, we're in our last month without football until March. Hey, back out, boys. Gang, 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 gang. Go ahead, All right. So, underrated bars of fame comes from Jordan Dennis. It's a new song called Crumbs. If you haven't listened to it, you should. It's a great song. Um. Yeah, underrated bars of fame. Crumbs, Jordan Dennis. Hey, how you doing, baby? You look mighty fine, and I figured I might come your way and roll up on you with that golden ticket. Shawty, can I get your digits? Maybe we can kick it. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, babe, think I knew what's next up. Double tapped and followed, then she hit me with that text up. She wanted to know me more than just a homie. I can see from all these emojis want to be all up on me. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, wow. We can take it slow now. Tell me what you like. I'll take you where you want to go now. How are you going to make them plans and cancel on the same night? Trying to take it forward with you. You're more like a merry-go-round. Oh, wow. Wait, 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 wait. What the hell's up for God's sake? But real talk while you talk fake and girl, you making that backache. I was picking up where we left off, but you know I'm all for the chase. Running thin on my patience when you say things that keep changing. You just wait till all my time is up. You just wait till, you just wait till, uh, 
know you want me when my time is up. You know you want me when my, just want me when my. Miss me with all your games. I've had enough. You'll just want me when my time is up, babe. Okay, I'm just chilling. Yeah, she texting, yeah, let's catch up. Oh, are you for real? Well, let's, well, take a second. Let's back up. You say you want to catch up like a last time or the last time or the last, 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 last time you had 10 chances ain't had five. Hmm. If you really care, think a bribe will come through regardless. I ain't trying to be the dude to sound heartless. I ain't trying to be the dude to take garbage. All I really need is the truth. So what you need to do is don't hit me up if you ain't follow through. Cause I can't deal with this flakery. This shit got more crumbs than a bakery. Hey, 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 hey. Telephone ring, ring on the hotline, bling, bling. I'm just on my ting, ting, here to make them sing, sing. Here to make them dance, uh, you get no more chances. Don't collect 200, just says straight pass, go to jail, uh. Oh, wow, damn, she bad. She know she bad, but that don't give you a free pass. Got no free pass. Me and Nintendo, we just laugh because you like mirrors without glass. You know I see through it. You just wait until my time is up. Miss me with your games, I've had enough. Because I know, I just know. Ain't got no time for games. Won't you stay up out my way? You just wait till all my time is up. Know you'll want me when my time is up. Miss me with your games. I've had enough. You'll just want me when my time is up, babe. Crumbs. Jordan Dennis. Underrated bars of fame. Yeah, bro. The song is fire. And I love the lyrics. That shit was fine. Hey, you gotta get some G Herbo for next week. You tell me the song, bro. I got you. Let's text it to me. All right. Um, shit. Buddha, tell them where they can reach us on email. Ballsportspodcast at gmail.com. What about on Instagram? Balls underscore sports underscore podcast. What about on Twitter? Balls underscore podcast. <laughs> on Facebook? Ball sports podcast. You got something in your mouth there, big guy? Whoa, no. <laughs> you sure? Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> nah, right. I look like ice cream. It's rice. Mm-hmm. Oh, you eating rice? Why is it? Yeah, that, that man. That boy, a healthy that. kid. That's what I'm talking about. All right, man. Well, you know, I think, I think, nothing. We're done. We're fucking done. Yeah. How many times have we done this? 100, 196. 196. We got like a month left before we get to 200, man. 196. Uh, listen, we appreciate y'all for listening to us, man. Y'all can be listening to any other sports podcast, but you're listening to us, and we really appreciate that. Uh, just keep giving us these clicks and these listens, and we're gonna keep giving you this content to ride to and vibe to potentially get high to. Like Wheezy, we out here. Yeah, bye, host. Adios. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> my bad. Little scallywags. No, you good. No worries, man.